let me lose these dreams of mine if i need to taste defeat you walk me through the fire until i see the heart of your desire you carry me through these dark and raging seas your grace has not abandoned me before these storms i thank my god for they drove me to the solid rock and from the shipwreck of my life Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? I am glad that you are here. Amen. I'm glad that you have decided to be in the Lord's house today. If you have decided to watch today, we're glad to have you. We are we are excited to be here. On uh, Today is, is September 11th, and just want to say if anyone here has ever been in uh, military law enforcement first responders if you know anyone if you're watching who has and you've ever been military law enforcement uh, firefighters first responders we just want to say thank you big thank you because without those people the the daily parts of our lives you know the emergencies that we face how how, how could we cope so they're very, very necessary. We appreciate them. We should pray for them regularly. So just big, big thanks to them. For announcements, we have next first Sunday meal. It's in a few weeks, and it's going to be a planning session. Do not worry about bringing food. Just bring your plan in mind, and we will have a, we have a, a time limit. Okay, do not worry. <laughs> There will, be, there will be plenty of time for you to eat, and there will be plenty of time for us to plan, and we will not make you stay much past the time for the game to start. <laughs> Go Panthers. Um, also, if you have not yet brought your items for the month of September, we, have, uh, we encourage you to bring a ball or a doll, something that will fit into a shoebox. Also, you may notice that if you're getting way ahead, next month is uh, hair products. So 
bring those things with you if you if you're getting ahead of, of all that we do thank you so very much we and there are people who every single week give to the uh, to the the price of the shipping and we have so very much i'm not even going to tell you how much because that may keep you from giving from now until the end don't but <laughs> we have a we have so so much and i'm um, talking about maybe taking some of that and and buying some extra things with it uh, because we have enough to do that and that's that's a real blessing because there have been times that we've kind of been scrounging around and at the end of the of the collection period we're like okay we just need this many more dollars and we'll be able to pay for all our boxes but this year we'll be able to pay for them and plus have extra leftovers so and that is all because of your generosity and we just we thank you so very much for all that uh, if there are any other announcements we will be letting you know no worries at all yeah Shane Williams is off off work he's on vacation amen amen he is. He's on vacation. Uh, started yes, uh, on on Friday after he got off work. So he was at home yesterday. In the rain, he was he was a little disappointed, but it was a nice a nice day to sleep in. So that was good. But uh, we we're going and, and next week is coming week is our anniversary. So we're gonna be yes, ten years. We're gonna be um, heading out. It was funny because we were asking about the the weather and. The weather here is going to be bright and sunny. The weather in Savannah is going to be clouds, lots of clouds. But anyway, yesterday we were at the house, and I said, all right, babe, you're home, so you're going to do what I do on Saturdays, and we're going to clean the house. <laughs> and we were we were down in the kitchen and getting getting stuff ready and pulling out. Oh, my golly, our, our pantry looks fabulous now because we threw away a bunch of stuff. And you can actually walk in there, and you can tell where things are. And, and in the meantime, he said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to have some coffee. I said, okay, fine. So he took out the, we normally use the K-cups, so we t he took out the uh, <laughs> the coffee pot. And so we're we're just in a big way throwing stuff out. And, and we're like, okay, put that thing together, and we're going we're gonna to have some coffee. And he, he put the coffee in, and it was brewing, and it was smelling so good. And... In we were so involved in our cleaning, turned around, and there were coffee grounds all over the coffee maker. There was water spewing out of the coffee maker. Coffee and grounds and water had had slid all down the <laughs> all over the counter, all down the front of the cabinets, puddled in the floor. I said, "Wow, what is <laughs> what's going on here?" Well. In the haste to make coffee, not all the parts of the uh, coffee maker had got gotten put into the coffee maker. We were so excited about having coffee, and the coffee filter had had come out of the where the coffee's supposed to drip out of. The coffee filter had come out of there, had, you know, so you could just see some coffee filter sticking out of the bottom. Like, oh, this is not this is not the way it should be, and it made a mess. And I thought, when all our parts are not working together, amen, when all of the parts that are supposed to be functioning in the body of Christ, when we're not working together, when we're not in the place that we should be, when we are not allowing God 
to use us the way that we're intended, then it makes a mess. And things don't end up the way they should. And we got to clean up a whole bunch of stuff. So I encourage you. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are important to the process. Just because you're not the coffee, and maybe you are, but just because you're not the coffee or the water doesn't mean you're not important. You may be the filter. You may be the, the thing that holds the coffee in there. Every part is important. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. God, we lift you up and we bless your name. We thank you that you brought us into this place. We thank you that you allow us to be in your presence, that you invite us to come boldly before your throne to bring our needs to you. Father, we thank you that you have given us this place to worship together with other believers. Lord, that we're in a place that we can be safe and not have to worry about persecution, but that we can come into your house and worship together. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you make a way for people to to be those uh, the police officers and the firefighters and the first responders. God, we just lift them up to you right now. We thank you for them, and we just ask that you bless them today. Protect them. God, keep your hand upon them. For those who are doing right, I just I pray your blessings. For those who are not doing right, I just pray that you would change their hearts, that they would have a renewed sense, a renewed vision of why they're doing this, why they signed up for this job. Those who are discouraged or downtrodden, I pray you would lift them up. God, I pray that you would work and move in this place today, that we would honor you and please you in all we say and do. God, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer, that we would lift you up. God, that everything that is said and done today would bless the hearts of your people and that we would bless you. God, just accept our worship today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Strength arises, we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength arises, we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever, our hope, our strong You are the everlasting God. 
tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love shame no longer has a place to hide I am not a captive to the light. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. No, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear 
doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Cause there's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's a resurrection power that can power in your name, power in your name, cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, no, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, I'm standing because my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear it doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear it doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear, it doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear, it doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood, and God saves. Since then, I walk in forgiveness. And all of my guilt was erased The chains of the past, they are broken At last I got saved Oh, I got saved And I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right he got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I received nothing but goodness. I've tested and tasted His grace. I was so lost till I fell at His cross and got saved. Oh, I got saved, and I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. 
How could I want more? The love of God. The love of God gave me his pardon. The love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God pulls me up higher. His will is stronger. That's why I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of my Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Now I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of my Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Thank you, Lord. You are good. God, you are good. You are good. We praise your holy name, Father. worship you. You are here 
Even when you don't see it, he's working. Praise God. And you see, that's, that's what the writer said faith is. It's the substance of things that you don't see. But he's working. Oh, glory. <laughs> glory. Glory. He's working. He's restoring our souls. He's blessing. He's lifting up. He's strengthening. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's worthy of our praise, isn't he? He is truly worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. David said, I'll, I'll get up at midnight and praise the Lord. That's what he said. Even at midnight, I'll get up and I'll start praising the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, morning and evening and noontime, I'm going to pray and worship God. He also said, I'll praise the Lord as long as I live. Church, please don't allow the enemy to sap the praise and the worship. You can do it at home. You can do it at church. You can do it while you're riding. Don't worry about it riding down the road. Go ahead and worship God. God has took care of more people that way than you can count. God has looked after a lot of folks. Amen. He's still looking after all of us. On the throne, praise God. Our mission is to encourage people, to get people saved, to study, to bless the Lord, to love one another. The vision is over there. Get in every nook and cranny of the world. Every place. Tell somebody. You know, it make you feel good if you get to tell somebody this week how great God is. And then they show favor. They say, Lord, you know what? I've been thinking about that. I don't know how this has been happening. It must be the Lord helping me. God is helping us even when we're not aware of it. Praise God. Isn't that good? That is so good. In fact, David said something about praising the Lord seven times a day. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I want to tell you, it probably will not take any prompting from anyone that if you stump your toe, you're going to hop. If you feel that touch of glory, you won't have to have prompting. You're just automatically. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you tried that example that Pastor showed us a few weeks ago? That uh, be counting and then just say praise the Lord and you stop counting, don't you? Praise the Lord and that stuff may just get up and go. Hallelujah! Praise God. Hey, Tony, was, was Church of God Cornelius in Alaska? See, now, I, he could have he looked on his telephone, couldn't he? And got it right there on his telephone. I reckon, I don't know, am I doing that right? Okay. Say yes! <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I know we take prayer requests in just a little bit, but I pastored a, a gentleman many years ago about goodness, I don't know, has it been 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago, that just recently we got a call that he's not doing well. Of course, I mentioned this morning he's 83 years old and God's blessed him. 
the hardest test of his life, and, but things are not real well. And it looks like the doctors say in just a few weeks, and he may go on home to be with Jesus. And uh, sometimes you wonder, is that so bad? You know, to go home to be with Jesus, especially if you're suffering and you got struggles and, and difficulty. But pray, I, I'll try to remember that again, but do, do remember to pray for him. Hallelujah. I love God, don't you? God's been good to me. I thought of it some this morning, how much better uh, that I am able to do from a year ago or a year and a half ago, whenever I was barely getting around and uh, taking chemo treatments and, and things were not well. But I'm feeling strong now. Praise God. I'm feeling good and I'm ready to run through a wall and jump over a troop. Brother Mike, we may have a little age, but we still love God, and He's still our God, and we can still praise Him. And look today, when you get home, Brother Mike, Psalm 37, 25. And all of you that are seniors, Psalm 37 and 25. Amen. Somebody brag on Jesus Christ. You love the Lord real good. Brag on Him. Go ahead. He was going to say ladies first. He's unending love. Oh, glory. That's a, oh, glory. Oh, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> He's good. God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. And folks, I tell you what, God wants us to give Him the glory. God wants us to give Him the praise. Yes.
Yes, she does. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I wonder if all of us could glorify the Lord, exalt his name for all that he has done unto the children of men. Amen. He is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. We're glad to have all of you back. Goodness sakes. Your place is empty when you're not here. And so we're glad to have you with us when you come back. It's good to have you with us. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning, please? Thank you, Lord. We love you. This privilege that we have now to be in your house. And we do thank you for what we've already said in this place. You truly are the way maker. You are, Lord, the one that keeps promises. You are the one that gives us all that we need daily provisions. Lord, you strengthen us. You guide Thank you, Lord, that cannot praise enough for what you have done in our lives. But we are thankful today, and we ask you now, Lord, as we worship in our giving, that you receive our love gifts, and may you use this for your glory and to bless your people. We ask these praises in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. each and every one of you this morning and I thought about you know the cleaning the cleaning yesterday I thought if I made a big enough mess pretty quickly she'd run me out of the kitchen and I'd be done and I could go outside and work on my car it, it didn't happen so anyway not cool <laughs> and I no I thought about that and I as I went to do it the second time and put the coffee in, and I realized I didn't. She had me just pour the coffee in the coffee filter. I think 
she set me up because I, I said, I didn't put this coffee filter in here. I think you did. She said, I, I don't know. I said, I think you did. I said, we, okay, we made the mess. We made the mess together. Oh, it was a mess. I had never seen coffee everywhere. It was bad. All right, it's now time for prayer requests this morning. <laughs> Anybody have any spoken prayer requests? Brother. Vincent. Let's pray for his family. Gretchen. Let's pray for Serena. Complete healing in her body. Amen. Sister Judy. Yes, let's pray for Sister Judy's family. Complete healing in their bodies. Brother Mike. Traveling mercies for Brother Mike's family. Let's pray for his wife and a, and a wonderful birthday. Sister Shuggy. Let's pray for continue prayer for sister, sister Shuggy, sister Linda. It all goes well. Sister Robin. Yes. Travel mercies for our sister Robin's family and for us as we travel to Savannah. Jason.
let's pray. Let's definitely pray that the interview goes well, and that the Lord answers your prayers. So. Billy, David, and Charles. The Lord knows those who pray for them. Amanda. Let's pray for Sister Wanell. We miss her this morning. Complete healing in her body. Lifted hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning.
Religion, is it good? Yes. Yes. It is when we realize that God holds us responsible for following his directions. Oh, my. Lord, help us. <laughs> I was getting texts from people last <laughs> Sunday during my message. I don't, I don't think this is true. <laughs> like being funny, but not, nope, nope, nope <laughs> kind of thing. God holds us responsible for following his directions. And God's Word is a mirror that as we look into God's Word, it, it reflects back what we actually look like and how well we're measuring up. And God is clear about His expectations. There are things through His Word, if we'll read and we'll understand, we know what He expects of us, what He calls us to do. Pure religion undefiled, to care for the widows and the fatherless and keep ourselves unspotted from the world. He expects these things from us. They're not just suggestions. So today, we understand that waiting, <laughs> waiting is not what you think. <coughs> yeah, I know. Who, who here enjoys waiting? He's like, yes, waiting. Waiting is great. You love to stand in line. Yeah, you love to... Just sit in a restaurant for a while before you get served. Anyone like that? <laughs> you you enjoy the thrill of watching the wheel spin on your computer or your phone. For those of us who stream our our TV programs, spinning wheel. At school, we used to call it the spinning wheel of death, <laughs> and the kids would just constantly click. This is not moving. Well, you've got a spinning wheel. You're just going to have to wait. <sighs> Being at the airport. Love that. No. Being in a waiting room just thrills you. Sitting in traffic. Waiting. Waiting. <laughs> of course not. No one wants to wait. <sighs> you know, we talk about this generation, our society, <laughs> that... Uh, gets everything kind of instantly we we've been trained and I say we because it's probably beginning with, I'm technically a millennial and and this this idea kind of started with us and it just keeps continuing through all these generations that instant gratification you know when those microwave dinners I was listening to somebody talk about tv dinners when they first started it took 45 minutes to an hour to cook it because you had to use the oven. But then with the advent of the microwave, just put it in the in the microwave and bam, within three minutes you have your meal. We are used to Amazon. If any of you subscribe to Amazon, you get your packages within two days. Sometimes you can get them the next day. Now they're doing overnight. And in some cases, if you live close enough to one of the facilities, you can get it that day, depending on what it is. Yeah. 
you what? You also paid the $2.99 in order to get it quicker. Wow. <clears throat> I'm sorry. If it's free, it's for me. I'm not paying an extra $2.99 just to get it, like, within two hours. I go to Walmart for that. No one wants to go to Walmart. Lord, help. We become frustrated when anything takes longer than expected. Like, oh, this is taking so long. Why? Why? Mm. Waiting in Hebrew. <laughs> uh, I counted, as I was studying, I counted at least 15 different words in the Hebrew for waiting. Some say that there are up to 25 words that mean some type of waiting. Either lying in wait or waiting in a an impatient type of way. Waiting as though you're resting. All these different types of waiting. And we're going to focus on one type of waiting today. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. This chapter begins what is known as the book of comforts. In the book of Isaiah, there are 66 chapters. Isaiah had been instructed to prophesy the destruction and exile of God's people from chapters 1 through 39. So as he was speaking to the nations of Israel and Judah, he was telling them, you will be, because of your sins, you will be exiled, you will be punished, the Assyrians will come in and take you into their land, and then later on in the, for the nation of Judah, the Babylonians will come in and take you into their land, and you're going to be exiled. You're not going to be able to return to your homeland. One of the exiles, because there was an Assyrian and a Babylonian, one of the, the Babylonian exile was 70 years. Now, the people stayed in for longer than a generation. Now, there were some people who were born in Babylon who were Jews but who had never seen the land of Israel, the promised land. So he's telling them, because of your sins, because of the way that you have refused to turn from your idolatry, from your injustice, from the ways that you are displeasing Yahweh, these are the reasons that you're going to be taken away. But then, he was instructed to comfort them in chapters 40 through 66. So more than half the book is telling about their exile, but then at the end, he gives them comfort. In fact, this chapter, chapter 40, begins with the words, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Although judgment, rightly deserved, was going to come harshly upon them, God would not leave them without hope. After that 70 years, many Jews returned from Assyria and Babylon and served Yahweh in Israel. We Last year, two years ago, we talked about that with the Nehemiah coming in and, and rebuilding. We see that with Ezra who came in and built the temple. So we know that there were groups of people who came in and re-inhabited the land. But many of the comforts that Isaiah speaks of are messianic in nature, meaning that they would be fulfilled when Jesus came. So through this chapter, and I encourage you, of course, to read the chapter, read before the verses that we're going to look at today, 
but they talk about making this the way straight preparing the way of the lord which is what john the baptist talked about with jesus so we'll see a lot of messianic references through this book of comfort the comfort of course was to the jews but it can now be ours beginning with verses 25 through 28 it says to whom then will you liken me or shall i be equal saith the holy one lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their hosts by number he calleth them out excuse me he calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might for that he is strong in power not one faileth why sayest thou o jacob and speakest o israel my way is hid from the lord and my judgment is passed over from my god hast thou not known hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not. Neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So before this, and again I encourage you, read the entire chapter. Not now, right now, listen. But, um, but in, read the entire chapter because Isaiah was told to write about the greatness of God. How mighty, how powerful he is. How he cares for those who are needy and weary. How he looks after his entire creation. So he caps this off, God caps this off by saying, Who is like me? After you've heard all these things about me, who, who is like me? He starts this with questions. To whom can the Lord be compared? Who is on the same level with him? After hearing of his greatness, who has the same power, the same might, the same insight of God? So he answered, the, answered his own questions this way. He says, look up. Open your eyes. See who has created all things. He created the constellations. When it speaks of the hosts, he's talking about the, the heavenly host and the the sense of the stars and the reason possibly that he speaks about this is because not only the pagans but also the jews had been worshiping the heavenly bodies they had begun and this was one of the idolatries that was addressed by isaiah you're worshiping things that you have no no power that have no power to help you you're you're calling on the the sun and you're calling on the moon and you're calling on the stars you're worshiping these things that have been created by the one you should be worshiping so here he says to them open your eyes and see i am the one who made these things that you're putting your reliance upon you're looking to these things to save you and to help you but they're not going to because they are created beings just like you are God is making it clear to them that he alone controls the heavens. He placed them, he named them, and he holds them in place. Then he asks further questions. He said, why are you saying God does not see me? Whew. And that could be to Israel, but that could be to so many of us. Here he calls them by the names of old Jacob and Israel 
These names should bring to mind a covenant that was established even before the law. Uh, Sister Robin mentioned that this morning, that she thanks the Lord because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob received a covenant from God, but that covenant is extended to us. Yahweh is our God. He's our covenant. So as they are calling out to God, Oh God, you've forgotten us. Judgment is hidden from God. He, he's not going to avenge us. My way is hidden from Him. He doesn't see what I'm going through. God, you're not answering quick enough. You're not responding to me as quickly as I want you to. God, you're making me wait. God, why do I have to have patience in the circumstance? Wow, it must be that you haven't even seen me. If you haven't answered yet, it must mean that you haven't even seen me. So he talks to them. Have you not known? Have you not heard? As they're calling out in these ways, God, you haven't seen me. I'm forgotten by you. You've neglected me. You've forsaken me. He says, have you not known and have you not heard? And really, when we think about these two words, we understand in a sense what they mean, but in the Hebrew, this known means in an intimate sense. In the same way as spouses, to know. To sense physically, emotionally, or spiritually. The idea here is a deeply committed knowledge. Because to know someone, when we talk about the biblical sense of know, it wasn't just a euphemism. It was God's intention that as husband and wife, we begin to know one another. That we begin to search out the feelings and the thoughts, the emotions of that other person. Because that was the original way that God made it. So he's saying, have you not known me? Have you not been in covenant with me? Have you not searched me out? Don't you know me better than that? And have you not heard this word here is Shema? To hear intelligently this is the phrase the Shema that all Jews were to recite daily we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 hear O Israel the Lord your God is one and every single day they were to wake up and they were to recite this to remind themselves they were to say it out loud so that they could hear hear O Israel Listen intelligently, O Israel. The Lord your God is one. So God here is almost casting an indictment on them. Have you not been loving and serving me in the way that was intended? Have you not been saying the Shema? Have you not been reminding yourself of who I am? Oh my. 
So in those times that we feel lost or forsaken, in those times that we feel forgotten by God, in those times that we feel neglected or rejected, perhaps instead of calling out to God and saying, God, why have you forsaken me? We need to go back and know him and hear him intelligently. Go back into the word and see who he is. Is that the kind of God he is to forget you? No. Is that the kind of God he is to forsake you? No. Is that the kind of God he is to to reject you and to turn you aside? Not at all. So if we are correct in our seeing and our hearing of God, then we'll understand him better in the waiting. He continues to answer his own questions. With three different names, he says, I am the everlasting God. Everlasting God, meaning of ancient times, concealed. The vanishing point of time out of mind. So as far as my mind can go in understanding what existed before the creation of the world, as far as my mind can go, the everlasting God goes further than that. And as far as my mind can go in seeing the future and one day we're going to live in heaven with God forever, as far as my mind can go there, he's beyond that. He is so, he's saying to them, I am so much greater, so much bigger than you can possibly fathom. I am the everlasting God. And before you were in this circumstance, Israel, before you were here, Jacob, before you were in distress... I existed and I took care of other people's needs time after time after time even before you got to this point he calls himself Yahweh which is the covenant God that I've promised I'll be with you I've promised that I'll be there for you and that I'll deliver you this is who I am this is not because of any merit because you've sinned and you've messed up, but not because of any merit, but because of who I am, I'll honor who I've said I will be. And then he says that he is the creator of the ends of the earth. What we can see and what we cannot see. This God does not tire out, become exhausted, and he cannot be understood as if he were human. And we finish up the chapter 29 through 31. It says... He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. So here he expands upon, Isaiah expands upon the greatness of God. He gives power to the faint. Power meaning strength of all possible kind to those who are fatigued. Note the distinction, Yahweh fainteth not, but he gives strength to those who do. Here they are crying out to God, God, you've forgotten me. And God's saying, 
I'm not the one who gets tired. I'm not the one who gets worn out. Even when you can't see it, I'm working. <laughs> I'm not the one who would be weary. I, I'll give strength to those who are. He says that he increases the strength of those who have no might. Powerfulness, abundance, is given to those without vigor, wealth, or physical strength. He says, what you don't have, I'm going to provide for you. Or what you're out of, I'm going to renew within you. This is a promise that God makes to us. He says, even youths and young men, those who typically demonstrate stamina and boundless energy, even those at times will become weary, meaning to gasp, to be exhausted. Again, we see the comparison that young people become tired, but God never will. He doesn't have to sleep. He doesn't have to take rest like we do. He is infinite and everlasting. When we are tired and weary, he is still working. He said that young men will utterly fall. These two words are the same in Hebrew, but Isaiah uses them both here to reiterate the point. They both mean to totter or waver through weakness of the legs, especially the ankles. Have you ever been, you know, walking, running, whatever it may be, and, and you roll your ankle, and it just <laughs> feels, yeah, <laughs> and, and it just feels like that ankle is so weak after that. Next time you go out walking or running, same thing. And at some point, you get to a certain age that you have to wear a brace all the time because it hurts. You're having struggles. And he said that young men are going to do this. Sometimes they utterly fall. Sometimes they, they teeter-totter. Sometimes they have struggles. They roll their ankles. Sometimes we have difficulties that are not foreseen, that we think, I should have been strong enough to handle this. I should have been strong enough physically, mentally, emotionally. I should have been able to handle this. But new energy comes upon those who wait. This type of waiting is special. Out of all those words for wait, this one is kalval. If you're writing it down, it is spelled Q-A-V-A-H and pronounced as a K-A-W-V-A-W. Again, if, you're, if you want to write it down. It means, the, the first meaning of this word is to bind together by twisting. To collect, to expect, to tarry. This kind of waiting carries with it the tone of expectation. As I was thinking about this and what to compare it to, it felt like Christmas Eve. Now, I love Christmas. That's my very favorite time of year. I just, I get so excited. I am like a kid. I am 
now it, it has to be December first, but as soon as December first hits, like let's get a Christmas tree, let's put this stuff up, let's decorate. I'm so excited, and by let's I mean Shane buys the tree and puts it in there, and I just like go nuts for two or three days. Um, but it's <laughs> yes, let's. I'm so excited. It's Christmas, Christmas Eve. We have our we have our traditions that we do, and. We, we go to bed, and I'm telling you, it's difficult for me to go to sleep. It is. I lay there, and I'm like, okay, okay, go to sleep. Santa Claus will only come if you go to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you. Um, I, I'm just laying, laying there like, oh, my golly, this is, okay. okay, just relax, just relax, go to sleep, go to sleep. And then, and then I... I find myself waking up. And I'm like, okay, is it is it time yet? And I look at my phone, and it's like 102. Like, oh no, okay, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. Okay, it's always Christmas. I'm telling you, I'm I am not at all exaggerating. This is the way that I feel when it's Christmas. And then it's like, oh, uh, I look over at my phone again. Four o'clock. Okay, I'm too early to get up. And then I look over at my phone again, and I still my alarm hasn't gone off. And it's like. Six o'clock in the morning. Okay, is this is it time to wake anybody up? Like, would Shane be okay with that? Would Gracie be okay with that? Not normally. We have to wake her up, even since she was little. It's like Santa Claus has come, and you're like, oh, I'm sleeping. Anyway, sorry, Gracie, if you're if you ever watch this, but um, but there's just an excitement. You have to wait, right? There's there's this anticipation though, and this is the kind of waiting that he's talking about. This level of anticipation that something good is about to come, and I, I, just, I, I can hardly wait for it. I'm so excited. I'm going to have to wait because it's not here yet. There's a set time for it. But when it happens, oh, my golly, it's going to be the greatest thing. And this is the implication with waiting in this particular verse. He says that those who wait on the Lord in this way will renew their strength. This word renew was interesting. It means to slide by, to hasten away, or to spring up. They're going to, those who wait on the Lord will spring up in strength. And this one was weird too. Their strength, this, there are 26 Hebrew words for strength. Depending on the context, this word is used most often, the word that was used here, is used most often in conversation, but the implication of it's really interesting. It does mean strength, to be strong, but it means firm or vigor, but due to its hardiness, it refers to a large lizard, a land crocodile, or a desert monitor, which is strong and ferocious. So here, Isaiah has chosen, out of all those 26 words that mean strength, he could be talking about mental strength, he could be talking about physical strength, emotional strength, the strength that we have, that we gain from the Lord. But here he uses this word that means you are going to be strong that you're going to have the strength of this of this ferocious animal that when we wait on the Lord not only is our strength renewed in a in a simple yes thank you Lord for this time of rest but no 
it is renewed in a way that I now have the power to fight off enemies. That I now have the strength to run across a desert. That I now have the strength that God gives to his created beings to be who they're supposed to be. And then he says that they will mount up, run, and walk. Notice the progression here. To mount up meaning to ascend with speed, strength, and vision. Eagles mount up. And from where they are in the sky, they can see however many feet. I'm, I'm not good at that sort of thing. But they can, they can fly around and they can see prey in the water. And they swoop down and they dive to get it. And God is saying that when we have this type of strength, after waiting on the Lord, we are going to have new vision. That we can run without weariness to stretch out, hitting your stride. That you get to this point after you've waited upon the Lord. That you begin to run and, and it becomes easier. You, get, you hit that place and you say, I can do this. I know that God has given me a new type of strength. And that we can walk without fainting. To go or to come in any manner of life without fainting. So what are we waiting for? <sighs> Have you ever been in a place of spiritual waiting? <laughs> when you're there, what must you do? There are a few things that we can see from this. Number one. God's questions are always rhetorical. God's questions are always rhetorical. Rhetorical means that you're just asking a question to make a point. The question does not require an answer because the answer is so obvious. <laughs> so God's questions to us are always rhetorical. Do we believe that God knows all things? That he has and is the answer? Of course. <laughs> So then why does he ask questions throughout his word? He asked the question to Adam and Eve, where, where are y'all? He's God. He knew where they were. But it was for Adam and Eve to analyze, oh, I'm somewhere I shouldn't be. I'm in a position that I shouldn't be in, and I don't want God to see me. He asked of Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? And, of course, he knew and Job knew. He didn't need Job to answer. Job was like, oh, I'm sorry that I that I was speaking against you and saying, could you please come down here and we'll argue together because now I realize that was a very bad idea. And here in Isaiah, when he begins to ask people these questions, do you, do you not know me? Have you not heard me? Who can you compare me to? Who Who is like me? So when he asks these questions... He is making us analyze. God wants us to think. In the times of waiting, God is trying to prepare our minds. He's trying to get us ready for some things, to analyze what's going on within our hearts. That's part of the waiting. To ask, to 
that our reflection will show how small we are when contrasted to how big God is. He is Elohim. He is Yahweh. He's creator. Here he even draws comparisons between us and him. I get tired, but Yahweh will not. I get weary, but the creator never will. So when I am in the midst of an issue, when I'm in the middle of a problem, and I'm saying, God, where are you? Why are you why are you not here? Why are you not with me? And God says, don't you know me? I need to analyze. I need to reconsider how I'm thinking about God and how I'm seeing him. The second thing that we understand from this is that God sees you. Israel protested that they were hidden from God, that he was unable to see them in their distress. Why do we hate waiting so much? Ever think about that? As I was preparing for this, I thought, okay, why, why do we hate waiting? And I came up with a few different reasons. Well, for me, oftentimes when I'm waiting, I'm thinking of so many other things I could be doing right then. Because when you have the type of when you have the type of mentality, personality that says, I must be doing in order to be worthy, then it's difficult to wait. It's difficult to rest in the Lord. Because we're thinking, if I'm if I'm just sitting here waiting on God and I'm doing nothing and, and what use am I? I could be doing all these different things and and I could be producing so much if I just didn't have to wait or I could be thinking you know I'm I'm sitting here waiting my house isn't clean my car isn't clean I I could be doing that there I, I needed to read that book or catch up with such and such a thing I needed to do this and and I'm having to sit here and wait and I'm not able to do that So we think about all the other things that we could be or should be doing. Another thing, another reason we we hate waiting, we bristle at the attack on our sense of importance. Do they not know who I am? They're making me wait? Wait, what? Do you not know how long it took me to get here and you're making me wait? I had a reservation, and you're still making me wait? Do you not know who I am? No, y'all never. I'm, I'm sure it's just the people watching online who have felt that way. It's not, that's not y'all's reason for not liking to wait. I'm, it's, it's y'all and me. Okay. <laughs> or the third thing, perhaps we wonder if we've been forgotten, that our order has been misplaced. <laughs> Our appointment was written down wrong. That if we've waited, then we'll have nothing to show for it. I think that's a problem sometimes. That we think, you know, we you, you hear the door swing. You're at the at the doctor's office and you're you're sitting waiting, and you hear the door swing, and you're like, and they call someone else's name. Okay, go back to <laughs> go back to your phone, and then you you hear the door swing again. You look over. Someone else, okay, like, did it, am, I, am I sure that it was today that I was supposed to be here? You begin to second-guess yourself. 
When you've been waiting so long, you begin to second guess, am I right? Am I supposed to be here? Should I be in this place? Maybe, that I, maybe I'm waiting for nothing. Maybe it's my mistake that I'm here. But we are never out of the mind of God. <laughs> he is not like a human being who must rest from their labors in order to have mental and physical strength to answer another request. He is never, he is never not working. <laughs> he took a rest on the seventh day and then he continued to work on our behalf. He took that rest as an example to us that we can and that we should. But after that, he's working in our lives. He's doing for us things that we cannot do for ourselves. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. He who began a good work in me will continue it until the end. He didn't bring me this far to leave me here. There's a reason for the waiting. The third thing we see is that God redeems our time when we wait correctly. Again, to wait upon the Lord does not mean what we know other types of waiting to mean. Other waiting is passive, tedious, boring. Waiting on the Lord is expectation, anticipation, edge of your seat kind of waiting. God is about to do something. Sometimes you feel that in your spirit. Sometimes you get to that point and you've been waiting, but you feel that in your spirit. God's about to do something. And in that time of waiting, we have a responsibility. Because I'm not just sitting passively. I'm not just hanging out, waiting for something to strike me. All right, Lord, do it when you're ready. No. This type of waiting also means binding. To bind by twisting, like a rope. It is as though I'm creating a rope to tether me to God. That as I am waiting, I am being bound to the heart of Christ. As I'm waiting, I am, I am creating this relationship between me and God that could only be made by waiting. While I'm out running around doing stuff and, and staying busy, I don't have time to create that relationship with me and God. But sometimes we're put in a time of waiting so that we can bind ourselves to Christ. So that we can get closer to Him. God, while I'm waiting, what do you want me to do? God, while I'm waiting, how do you want me to prepare? This is the type of waiting that He's speaking of here. That I anchor my soul in Him. I become linked to Him in anticipation. If I am linked to Him, if, if I am drawn closer to Him, then I can feel it when He begins to move. And that anticipation grows that I feel the heart of God as I'm, as I'm drawn closer to Him, as I'm bound to His heart. I, begin, I feel the heart of God begin to move, and, and I understand 
this is why I'm waiting. This is why I'm anticipating, because God, I feel you moving. I don't know when you're going to do it, but God, you're doing something. I can feel you starting to stir, and, and Holy Spirit, just come in and, and, and do something. I'm waiting on the edge of my seat. When that happens, our strength is renewed. We have the strength to mount up, to run, or to walk. God redeems our time. Again, that, that feeling of wasted time. God, I've, I've been here for a long time. And certainly, it's too far gone. Certainly, I don't have enough time left. I know you're coming soon. I hear this all the time. Jesus is coming soon. So, God, even if you start to do something in me right now, I don't have enough time to accomplish anything. God, I'm, I'm this age, and I, I've wasted all this time previously, so there's no way that you, can, that you can make anything happen when I'm to this point already. God, I just, I've wasted so much. But he says that we can mount up, we can run, or we can walk. Notice, it's three different paces. That when we wait on the Lord, our time is never wasted. When our strength is renewed, He allows us to operate at any pace necessary to our purpose. He prepares us for an increased pace, if necessary. A mount-up kind of pace. A flying-with-the-eagles kind of pace, if that's where we need to be. He prepares us for a running pace if that's what's going to take us to our purpose. Or maybe it's just a walking pace. That where we're going is, is just, we can walk and get there. Our stamina is improved during our waiting. So how well do you wait? <laughs> Not well. I don't wait very well. Are you weary from trying to maintain a pace without God's help? Because that's the thing, too. If we try to soar without waiting, we're going to fall. If we try to run without first waiting, then we're going to get really worn out. Even if we, if we try to walk before waiting, all these paces came after the time of waiting and strengthening if we're trying to do that, we're doing it in our own strength, and we're going to get worn out. Are you worried that you've been forgotten? God, do you even see me? I've been waiting here for a really long time. <laughs> God, I've been sitting here for so long. We must learn to wait differently. To understand that God's questions are always rhetorical, that he uses them to get us to see him correctly. To understand that God sees you. You are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. Your time is not wasted. And that God redeems our time when we wait correctly. That we wait with excitement and anticipation of what God is going to do. As the music plays. I hate waiting. I hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm normally in that first group of, I think of all the different things that I'd rather be doing. <laughs> And so wherever you fall in that, you may be great at waiting and good for you. 
But me and the people online have a hard time. <laughs> so today, I encourage you to ask the Lord to help you to rest, to help you as you wait in Him to anticipate something that He's going to do and to help you to bind yourself to Him that you'll be able to know when He's about to move. However you need to receive from the Lord, if that's standing, sitting, if that's coming down to the altar, if that's kneeling where you are, whatever it is, you, you get in a place that you can receive from Him. And we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the truth of Your Word. That even though it was written thousands of years ago, it is alive and it is powerful. And the words that you say here are true for us today, will be true for people thousands of years from now. God, I thank you. I thank you that you make promises through your word. That if we will wait on you, our strength will be renewed. Father, I pray for each person here who is in a season of waiting, who is in a place of wondering, God, can you see me? God, can you hear me? But we understand that you're saying the same thing to us. Do we know you? God, give us an intimate knowing of you. As we wait on you, that we would bind ourselves to you, that we would know you intimately, Father. That we would hear that we would know you in a, in a way that we could remind ourselves, Carol Israel, the Lord our God is one. He is Yahweh. He is creator. He is everlasting God. He is Elohim. There is nothing that should cause me to worry. There is nothing that should cause me to fear because I know that God is greater and bigger than anything that I face. That when I'm looking at the problem, I'm not looking at God. Help us, God, to change our focus. To shift it from being tired and weary to seeing you magnified and lifted up. To see you for who you are. That you will never forget us. That you will never forsake us. That we are your children. That our names are written on the palm of your hand. That that you see us with love and that even when we can't feel it, you're working. God, help us to understand. Help us to understand the pace of your waiting. God, that you would build in us an anticipation that as we're waiting on you, that we, we begin to understand God is doing something. He's doing something in me. God, prepare me. God, show me what it is that you want me to see while I'm in this place. God, I pray that you would just change me while I'm here. Change me while I'm here. God, change me while I'm here. Prepare me for what you're about to do. God, give me a strength. Give me a strength for flying. Give me a strength for running. Give me a strength for walking, whatever pace you want me to be at that I know I can trust you to get me there at the right time. 
that there is nothing that is wasted when it's time rested with you. There is nothing that is wasted when I'm resting and being taught by you. There's nothing that's wasted when I'm binding myself to you. God, help us today. Help us today to wait on you and that our strength be renewed. God, for those who are so weary today, who are weary, who are utterly falling, God, I ask that you would renew their strength. That each and every person would feel a renewal of their strength right now. God, that they would begin to breathe in that breath of heaven, God, that they would be able to breathe in and take a nice deep breath of you. That they'll know that you're with them. God, prepare us. Prepare us. Prepare us for what you have planned. Help us, God. Help us, God. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you're doing something in each of us. God, I thank you that you're doing something. I can feel it in our spirits. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just pray for each person here. May they be given strength, help, that they be reminded of this word that you would hold up the mirror of your word to each and every one of us, that you would help us to see where we're lacking and to change that. God, we trust you. We trust you. And you say today, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he bless you. Give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.